Hey guys, so rather than speak on a topic at the beginning of this episode, uh, someone had mentioned to me that I don't really introduce myself before the shows or haven't really at all. I figured I'd take the time to do that now. My name's Koji. I am a bun. You can find me under that name on buns or I'm at hard Harry on the app. Yeah, I kind of got into the whole podcasting thing because I play in a band and we have some downtime right now and I have a lot of recording equipment laying around so I figured why not try my hand at it and a friend of mine and I started another podcast called You Gotta Love It where we talk about books, music, video games, comic books, TV shows, etc. and we kind of look for things to love in really bad media and from there I figured Buns needed a podcast so I got on that one too. And it's been going good ever since. I mean, I think I threw some of my songs on the last episode, if you want to hear what my band sounds like. Outside of that, I am I make software for lawyers as a, as a day job. Nothing really exciting. Playing a lot of Pokemon Go lately. I don't really know what else to say. If you have questions about me or anything, uh, email me, podcast at buns.com and I'll answer them. Thanks for listening. Here's the show. Welcome to This Week in Buns. Hi, Buns. Hey, guys. So uh, a lot of interesting stuff coming up this week on Buns. Uh, the first thing that I saw actually was Alana had posted that this fall is going to be the first ever Buns flea market at the Gladstone. Exciting. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, an, essentially an official Buns event. There's going to be a lot of people, probably a lot of trade. I think there might even be some some pay vendors. I'm not exactly sure exactly how they're going to fill it up, but uh, exciting. You can kind of meet your real life or your your online Buns friends in real life uh, all in one place. So keep your eye open this October I think October 6th is the tentative date for the Buns Flea Market. Oh, I also saw a post. I don't know if you saw this one, Callie, um, with the engagement. I don't know what the story is behind it, so I need to know the story. But uh, Danny had posted that there was a Buns engagement story. Cute. And they got engaged due to an amazing Buns trade, but it doesn't go any further than that. So I'm not sure. Maybe they, I mean, the photos are close-ups of her engagement ring. So perhaps he buns traded for her engagement ring because there's been a couple of those yeah, put, I, I've seen put up on buns. I mean, it's possible, but there's no more detail in the story. There's no update. So if any of you know Danny or Crystal or Mandy who are involved in this buns mystery engagement... We need an in-depth backstory here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Podcast at buns.com. Let me know what's going on. Um, so there were a couple of raccoon posts on buns. There's been so many. There's so many little like raccoons that like people are helping and or trying to help. One yeah. was sad and one was happy. So before we get into the <laughs> stories, let me just say that if you guys find any animals, there's actually a buns group called Wild Buns that mm-hmm. you can go to 
and get all the information you need on uh, wild animal buns. Yeah, Jen Keating is the admin there, and she's amazing, uh, and she knows everything about everything about like taking care of like hand raising like squirrels and bunnies, and she's great. Um, so on to these raccoons, though. Yeah, so these raccoons. Um, the one that I saw that I, that was like the happy one, because <laughs> the sad one is not. It's not my favorite. But um, so this girl Emily uh, found a raccoon in her backyard and didn't know what to do with it because it was breathing but it not really moving. They thought maybe it had fallen off of the roof of their house and was kind of stunned. Um, and she didn't know what to do with it. So some people were like, oh, no, maybe it's distemper. Like, what's going on? Um, everyone was tol- telling her to call 311. Finally, a really nice girl from 311 showed up. This is like the update in the comments. Um, and she said that she just seen the raccoon family in the front yard. So they were like, let's try taking the raccoon and see if it'll like go with its family. So they put it in a cage that 311 girl had brought with her and they walked it to the front yard and as soon as it saw its family the little raccoon like perked up and wasn't like because before it was like not really moving or doing much so it like got all active and like moving around the cage and then they put it down and opened the door and it like ran off with its family so she was like she was really happy (laughs) the other Um, raccoon story is similar except turns out the raccoon had distemper for which there is no cure and uh, I think they just uh, they said they got in touch with Toronto Wildlife and figured out are figuring out what to what to do with it. But uh, both these raccoon stories kind of make me wonder what it would be like to have a raccoon as a pet. I think they're well because they're really smart, right? And they're really like uh, you know have have high ingenuity. The only thing is that they have thumbs. So yeah, could, every time one of these posts comes up, someone's like, keep it. I want a rat, raccoon pet. And someone else is like, guys, I don't think you understand. They have hands. They will open everything. They will ruin your stuff. They will like <laughs> run all over your house. Like, I think if you if you have a pet raccoon, you need to like live in the country so it can like run around outside and like... Could you imagine you can't though? have it in an apartment. <laughs> if, if you were somehow able to domesticate and train a raccoon... To like open beers for you. The possibilities are <laughs> possibilities are endless. Well, like people have trained monkeys before, right? So why not a raccoon? Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Good luck with that. I digress. Um, I don't know if you saw Madison's pizza pizza. Well, Madison's post about <laughs> about uh, pizza about the pizza adventure. Um, she had wanted to do something nice for her boyfriend who really loved pizza. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, this was just a quick update uh, of him. At Pizza Libretto having the time of his life. Yeah, so she had posted on Buns being like, hey, I want to do a really fun day for my boyfriend where he learns how to make pizza because he loves pizza. And through Buns, she like set up this amazing birthday for him. So it's like really cute photos of him looking so happy making and eating his pizza (laughs) from scratch. Yeah. Yeah, Brought to you by Buns. This amazing birthday experience. Um... What else? There was another hilarious beetle thread. I don't know what's up with these giant beetles getting into girls' houses and then them not like being able to confront them <laughs> and posting about it on buns. Um, but they're pretty hilarious. Uh, this one turns out to be a grapevine beetle. She's, it was like two inches long. Like this is a pretty big beetle. Um, but it's not. It, it was determined in the comments that it like wasn't going to hurt her. Uh, but. This this is a pretty hilarious thread. Like I will post 
um, links to it on the Buns podcast zone so you guys can read the comments because it's pretty hilarious. These, these grapevine beetles are apparently characterized by they're kind of fat and they have wings that are not quite big enough to hold their little bodies up. So when they fly, they look drunk and they like wha- whack their heads into walls and are kind of like bumbling and like adorable. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good comment thread. And um, there's a little talk of intimacy, a little talk of beetles. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention her her post literally says this giant voyeur beetle landed on me during some intimate times. What kind of Satan beetle is this? It's about two inches long. <laughs> so, and then you can only imagine the comments. The comments get real way. good. Turns out she was. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> maybe you guys just go read the comments. <laughs> yeah. Well, well join uh, Bun's podcast zone and we'll put up a link to everything we talk about today. Um, I don't know if you saw this one and it's not necessarily a popular post, but it's just something that caught my eye. Emily had posted that she's ISO someone to join us for cider and Spotify tunes and the us being her and what seems to be a little lovebird perched on her keyboard. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I was half tempted to just, I don't know, Emily, if you're listening to this and you have that little lovebird sitting around, uh, send me an email podcast at buns.com. I will gladly drink cider. And chill with that bird. Also, Emily, join Bun's friending zone and probably Bun's pet zone if you have such a cute bird and you want people to hang out with. Just (laughs) another example of those admins picking on me. Why not not shut down this thread and put Uh it in a friend zone? Someone's bitter. Oh, yeah. I'm never letting it go. Jamin, I hope you're listening to this. I'm never letting it go. Um, Bun's is always so amazing at locating people. It did that twice this week that I know of, maybe even more times than that that I missed. Um, One in particular was a friend of mine had posted, she'd got on a a letter for a guy named Kyle that was addressed to her address. So she thought maybe he'd lived there before. Um, The return address was non-existent. It just says FAP in the corner, which um, spawned some hilarious comments right. <laughs> because it's from FAP, uh, but no actual address. So she couldn't send it back. And it was like kind of a cute handwritten, like it wasn't like garbage mail. It was I can't like remember some the last cute... time I got a handwritten letter. Yeah, exactly. So she really wanted to reunite it. And she was like, guys, does anybody know this Kyle guy? Uh, I tried to message him on Facebook, but he didn't see it, so it probably went to his other box. Does anyone know him? And, like, very quickly, someone was like, I know Kyle, and, like, I messaged his wife. And so this guy is actually going to get his adorable handwritten letter. And I was, like, pretty stunned by how quickly now I want this ha- happened. Handwritten it was literally, like, half an hour before someone was like, I know him. That's and crazy. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, this just makes me want... Handwritten letters. If any of you guys want to be pen pals, just, again, email me, podcast at buns.com. We'll talk. Set up a little handwritten metal, ugh, handwritten letter, like a uh, mail circle. Figure it out. Do some pen, pen pal action. Or you guys could just leave voicemails on the... <laughs> yeah. On the troll phone. Yeah. Call me up. Call me up, guys. 647-ZEN-TROLL. 647-936-8765. It's like a voice letter. Call, call me up. Just tell me what you think. Tell me how much you fucking hate this show. I don't care. <laughs> well, I care, but like, call me up and say it anyway. Say it to his face. Yeah. Or No, say it to my voicemail. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, okay, so I saw that Nicole had posted 
that she had bought a disposable underwater camera in Mexico to take pics of whale sharks. Cool. She went to five different places and none of them do uh, actual film photo processing. So she was looking for buns who perhaps have a dark room or know of a place where she can get these photos developed. Uh, there's no update here, but she's offering tall cans, bulldog high fives and cuddles, pics of said whale sharks. I want to see them. Or tiny <laughs> lemon trees. I don't, I don't even know what a tiny lemon tree is. I want, I want I, a lemon I, tree. I, A, want to see these shark photos and B, want a tiny lemon tree because that sounds kind of amazing. Yeah. I want to get a lemon put on my belt. Anything on your side over there? Yeah, there was a really cute rescued kitten post um, on Helping Zone. Uh, this girl had rescued a kitten from the neighbors in her building who were mistreating the kitten. Uh, they had, The adults had like left the cat with a bunch of five or six-year-olds, and they weren't taking care of it properly, so it was kind of malnourished and like frail and tiny and was, for some reason, missing a tail that also was like infected. So like, yeah, it was bad. And she got them, they like, they asked her if she would take it. And she was like, yes. And like had them sign a written contract saying that she was officially owned this cat so that they couldn't like try to take it back. No takesies, backsies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so she was like taking the cat to the vet the next day and was really worried about the infection at the base of her tail and was just asking for advice because she'd never nursed an unhealthy cat. And she was like, I can't really afford that many vet costs, but I felt like I needed to help get this kitten. So she was asking about like fostering while having like an official cat rescue, like do the medical stuff and then maybe adopting the kitten. And the outpouring of support in the comments was amazing. People were literally offering, they were like, start a GoFundMe account and I will donate money for you to get like vet attention for this kitten. Um, and everyone was just so nice. And so she put up an update thanking everyone for their kind words and messages of support. And she's going to like let everyone know like how the kitten is doing in the future. And she put her Instagram link up so you could like follow for like photos yeah. of the kitty. So that was a really. I feel like we need a post. buns animal rescue zone at this point. There's so many animals being saved via buns. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of being helped, uh, Jordan had posted that uh, her and her girlfriend are a queer couple who just moved out uh, and have literally nothing no furniture or food. Oh. Um, and are very low on cash. So they're just trying to get whatever they can for whatever they can. You know, they're saying, if you have curb alerts, send them to us. If you have any items that you can part with, let us know. We'll trade whatever we have, which isn't much, but we just need to get ourselves up and running. You know, really looking for like kitchen stuff, uh, food. They have a cat, uh, you know, couch, chair, whatever. But what's what's so fantastic about this is there's so many people... Uh, sending messages they have chairs they don't oh, there's like 51 comments on this yeah chairs they don't need little tables um all sorts of stuff uh i'm not sure if they have everything they need so if you join podcast zone and, and find the post and you have some stuff that you can give away or you know you want to trade for something particularly reasonable uh find jordan's post and help them out because uh, I feel like that's what we do here on Buns is, mm -hmm. is help each other. Yeah, especially if you have something you've been trying to trade and nobody seems to want to trade you for it and you just want to get it out of your house, like they need it. So that would be a really that's yeah. a nice thing to do. 
Um, okay, so the weirdest thing that happened on Buns this week, uh, a fellow named, I believe it's Giacomo, but I apologize if I'm saying that improperly. Um, his post is, Sup Buns, I've got a weird one for you today. I'm in possession of roughly 5,500 cubic feet or 20 tons of clean sawdust and wood right. chips. Currently loaded in a 53-foot walking floor trailer and ready to deliver to your doorstep. Anyone at a weird enough point in their life that they want it, open to all trades. And like, Did it ever like, get traded? What is happening? Um, so I'm not sure if it got traded. A bunch of people were saying that you can use it for uh, cat litter. Cat litter yeah. yeah. And so someone commented and like tagged a bunch of their friends and were like, was like, we should get all the cat ladies we know together and clean them out. <laughs> and um, someone was asking if he would deliver it. He would have to deliver it, I would assume. I, mean, I think originally it didn't in the thing say if he would deliver or not. So somebody commented to ask if he would deliver it. Somebody asked if they would dump it in their awful, awful neighbor's apartment, which is kind of hilarious. Yeah, I was thinking about maybe like filling up someone's office or something with sawdust would be a pretty hilarious prank. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So a guy commented saying that if he'd deliver it to Brantford, that his brother would take it because it's great for horse stalls. And then the guy was like, I absolutely would. Let me get in touch with him. And so I was like, can you update us on this? There isn't an update yet. So I'm not sure if the trade has happened. Um, but I think the most promising one is probably delivered for horse stalls. Or, you know, cat boxes. I don't know. If you have a cat, get on this post, guys. Right, right. Before it's all gone. <laughs> well, okay. So my favorite post this week is um, Chris had posted that he is... ISO this guy right here and there's a photo he had to pass through a sketchy alley earlier today and was jumped by a mean-looking thug took off with a few of my pokeballs and some berries if any of you have any info about his whereabouts get a hold of him but uh, for those of you who don't know it's actually uh, a character from Pokemon Go Pokemon Pokemon which is like this augmented reality cell phone game where you mm -hmm. go walk around Toronto and or wherever you are, any city, because now Buns is everywhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, walk around the cities and look for Pokemon via your phone. And I, I'll i be honest with you. I've never played a Pokemon game before. What? <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy because like I'm a huge gamer too, but I just I never caught on to that craze. But a bunch of the guys at the Buns office are like on my case about playing this game. Mm -hmm. So I started playing it and it is a lot of fun. But also... You spend so much time outside looking for like landmarks and stuff that you're just like kind of adventuring around the city, mm -hmm. which is interesting. And there's been a lot of uh, a lot of posts recently saying that like the, this craze. I mean, there's a few negative articles, you know, oh, some man. people so many things have happened wandered into some Go. negative situations or what have you but some girl found a dead body yeah well but that's not a bad i mean it's a bad thing that there's a dead body but it's not bad that somebody found one no though. and apparently it was an accident and he probably had just drowned like it wasn't like right they don't think nothing that, nefarious it was, yeah <laughs> yeah but some guy stopped in the middle of a highway to catch pikachu and caused like a giant traffic jam no one was hurt and whoa, no one whoa, got, whoa. but he literally Hold like on. stopped his car he was driving his car playing this game yes that's crazy. Although I, I mean, you know what? I haven't actually verified like what I saw this article a bunch of different places right. and I haven't not looked on Snopes yet to see if it is true or not. However, apparently some guy was like, I know that you have to like go all over the city. And so I was like checking the Pokemon Go like while I was on the highway and he like maybe he 
I, hopefully he was in a traffic jam yeah, and yeah. wasn't moving and checked it. But then he stopped to play it and traffic started moving again. Right. Okay. Or I don't know, maybe he was going really fast and he just stopped in the middle of the hallway, highway. The article did not say that. It's crazy. <laughs> I will say though, a little hack for those of you who play that game, just hop in an Uber. Hop. I take <laughs> I take Ubers on occasion and one night I took an Uber and just caught like fucking 20 of these things. Just so you're suggesting this and next week there's going to be some article online about how somebody racked up an insane uber bill driving around the city well, to like, find pokemon but you know this game hasn't actually, actually been released in canada yet i know i know you have to like oh i know what you gotta do work around hack to download it it's actually only out in the u.s australia and new zealand at the moment it's not technically. as it's not as crazy as you think if you need help you can email me podcast at buns.com yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah i mean if uber if you're listening there's a great partnership to be had there <laughs> It's a great partnership to be had there. You could like Uber Pool. It's really cheap. Yeah, that's Go what I do. Pokemon. That's uh, Uber Pool's even better because you take all these twists and turns that you wouldn't normally take to whatever destination you're going to. Just more ground to cover. I literally saw an article today that the headline was that there's like suddenly a bunch of complaints of like like people ha- like having leg problems and like sore legs because instead of sitting around their house gaming, they're suddenly like getting quote too much exercise, <laughs> like actually walking around outside. Yeah. <laughs> Just wait. The future is now guys. Okay. So my number one top favorite buns post of the entire week was by Alicia or maybe it's Alicia. I'm not sure. Um, on Friday, uh, her post says, hey, Liberty Village dog buns. It's my 30th birth- birthday right, and I'm yeah. looking to take, bracket at least, 30 selfies with some cute stranger dogs. So if you're in the area, please help me make my birthday dream come true and let me take a picture with your pup. I'm going to be at the Starbucks here or there in 20 or 15 minutes. And then when you look through the comments, this girl in her own comments of her posts posted all 30 photos. <laughs> there are 30 photos of this girl taking selfies with dogs and they're all amazing. It's like her making the most excited faces. Her like hands are on her cheeks. That's She's like amazing. losing her mind. Like it's so good. She got her 30th birthday with wish and got all 30 dogs. Buns <laughs> comes through again. Buns comes through again. So good. Speaking of buns coming through, I got a little something that I, I'm going to run by you and everyone else listening. Uh, I was talking with some of the guys at Buns. Mm-hmm. and kind of came up with, well, okay, so a lot of what we talk about is how buns help each other and how, you know, we kind of support one another even though we're complete strangers. And I kind of floated the idea. I was like, you know, I bet somebody could live off buns if they wanted to, you know, if they tried hard enough and had enough stuff for trade or services or what have you. You could probably live pretty decently off buns, mm-hmm. you know, someone in like my situation, for example, because you look around, I got, I got a lot of stuff in my house mm-hmm. and so many books. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I definitely have a lot of books, but what kind of came out of the conversation was, I think that come, I don't know, maybe August or September, I'm going to spend a month living off buns. <gasps> Yeah, I'm going to float that out there now. This is like such an amazing experiment. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm going to see if I can do it now. I'm I'm just putting that out there on the podcast now. I'm sure we'll get it out on the website eventually once I get the dates all hammered out and stuff. But the idea is that 
I mean, I'll have a bus pass because I've already pre-paid for like the year mm-hmm. or something. Like I have them mm-hmm, automatically mm-hmm. mailed yeah, to it's me. Yeah, so. cheaper that way. Yeah. So, I mean, I won't need any tokens, but I won't spend money on anything else. That entire month is is totally moneyless. Mm-hmm. And I won't Do you eat- think your landlord will take a trade for your rent? Oh, I- I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe you could talk him into it. Well- I am my landlord, so I think I'm. Oh, no, I think no, no. I think we're okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, they, so there, there'll be no money in in the month, and I won't like. There's no coffee at Starbucks or wherever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't really go to Starbucks, but like uh, Circus is the place that's down the street from mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. No, none of that. No, all the food that I eat, all the everything has to come from buns. I mean, maybe you could like trade the barista. If it's your like coffee shop, you go in all the time and they know you. Right. Maybe you could trade the barista for something. Maybe oh, yeah. Your barista we're, wants a book. We're friends. We're friends. So I'm, I'm going to try and work that out. But I'm also going to document uh, via video and blog everything. Cool. Yeah. And uh, and I'll do it all through the app so that I have everyone's username and stuff. And you guys can follow it so you know that it's not like it's all it's all above board. You know, I'm not going to pretend that I got food from somebody and then whatever and we'll, we'll talk about this a little further but yeah i think the question is do you think i can last a month oh totally 100 percent. So? yeah and i figure like august september is probably a good time because uh, a lot of people who are growing their own food around oh, that yeah. time will be collecting it mm-hmm. right so they might have a lot for trade yeah lots of people have little like backyard gardens right. last year i got a bunch of herbs and like kale from someone in a trade i traded her nail polish it was great yeah <laughs> yeah and um I don't know. I'm just curious to see if if it's possible. You gonna do like cat food and dog food too? Oh, that's a. <laughs> he has he has two pets, guys. Yeah, I don't know, but <laughs> this, the dog eats some specific stuff. But maybe my girlfriend uh, that month will just cover it. The the, the cat and dog food. I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't want to drag them into my my experiment. And I don't think she would be. I mean, you could always put out the ISO now if anyone had that food laying around that didn't agree with their pet. You could get some in advance, perhaps. Yeah, well, I'm going to throw out a bunch of ISOs maybe a couple weeks, three weeks before I actually do it so that I can prep myself. Because if I can stockpile canned food and stuff, it's probably, you know, Mm -hmm. beforehand. But um well guys keep an eye out on koji's account because he wants your stuff and he has good stuff to trade you yeah yeah keep keep an, keep an eye out i, I i'll be posting a, a like a ton of books video games uh clothing all this stuff for grabs there's a lot of like rad stuff in this house guys yeah it's not up yet <laughs> it's not up yet and i'll give you more details when i have more details but i just wanted to get your opinion and see if you think i could live a month off buns and I, i'm talking everything I, it's, whew, the alcohol bit's gonna be tough no it's not that's like the number well, no. one currency <laughs> on <No>. buns <laughs> I, I can get it on buns but i'll have to i mean that'll have to be preemptive right it's not like i can go to a bar and trade oh, them for alcohol true. Right, so well, unless there's anyone listening or on buns who owns a bar and wants to trade Koji for some drinks. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, <laughs> I, when 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 it comes, like yeah, I'm gonna work out the details and then hopefully hopefully we can do it. Hopefully I can make it 30 days. You know, this is kind of like a cool. It's this is sort of similar to me in a social experiment way as the like the people who are trading the paperclip and like right. that dude who eventually well, got the house and that girl who's doing it on buns, but like. I'm kind of thinking that maybe I'll even just start with a single pair of clothes mm-hmm. and only that like, so I'll start the month with like a jeans and a t-shirt 
and so you're not gonna wear the clothes you already have you're gonna trade for new clothes yeah <gasps> this gets better and better <laughs> this is actually like so exciting right then me. i can take pictures of like here's some weird shit that i got from from this guy oh dude you know yeah so we'll see <laughs> we'll see Anyway, just just floating that out there. Anything else you want to add before we, uh, yes. we shut this down? One last super short one, which squeezed in just barely for this week on Buns. It was posted nine hours ago on the main trading zone Ooh. by Sarah. Uh, to whichever one of my conquests that left a token tucked in the crevice where the sheets meet the frame of my bed, thank you for the Buns gold. So ISO your best single token offers. And then everyone posted... Uh, there were a bunch of people that like posted like funny comments and then in only like two hours update in all caps update the sex token has been traded and then someone was like traded for what if we may ask and she says it was traded for quote a bottle of palm bay iced tea whoever he was at least he bought me a drink after am i right (laughs) nice (laughs) it's like this is the most perfect post (laughs) who knows i might be going a month drinking palm bays okay (laughs) well I think that's it for the week. If you guys have any interesting stories, now let me just float this out there. This is the first week that Buns will have gone international, right? <gasps> the the app, that's the true. website, all of that stuff. There's like Buns Montreal, Buns mm-hmm. Edmonton, London, New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just in Buns LA and was like very pleasantly surprised because I started the Buns LA like Facebook group and it's not super active because I don't think the Americans quite understand um, how it works or right. like what to do with it yet. I feel However, like they probably prefer the app anyway. Well, so I, like the, a day or two after I realized that I could like actually look on the app and I was in LA at the time, yeah. I checked and a couple of girls had already started posting things and there were like quite a few posts and so i was like very i haven't checked it since then but i was like really excited so i took a screenshot of it and then posted in buns la zone to let everyone know that it was like finally live that's amazing yeah what i would strongly suggest is if you know anyone in these cities get them to download the buns app or go to buns.com sign up and get on there we uh we have to make sure that other cities around the world understand uh and can experience the same sort of i don't know friendship that we experience because of buns so get your friends on the app yeah tell all of your international friends and please explain to them how buns works because i don't think people ever read the pins post or like the facts i posted like a crazy fact and still no one in la knows how to use it because they just didn't read the thing (laughs) or just get them to listen to the what to the to the show you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they can hear about the crazy stuff that we see anyhow (laughs) Get your get your friends in other places on the app. All right, thanks guys. My whole life is great and I can do anything good. I can do anything good. I can do anything good. Oh, I love my Welcome to Under the Bridge, the place where we play your trolls voicemails. I'm not going to really say much more than that other than if you have anything to say, call 647-ZEN-TROLL. That's 647-936-8765. And when you call, be sure to leave a message. All right, thanks. This is our army. To join it, you give homage. I give homage to Scotland. And if this is your army, why does it go? We didn't come here to fight for them. You're too many. 
Scotland. I am William Wallace. William Wallace is seven feet tall. Yes, I've heard. He kills men by the hundred. And if he were here, he'd consume the English with fireballs from his eyes and bolts of lightning from his arse. <laughs> I am William Wallace. And I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men. And free men you are. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? We will live. Aye. Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies? that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com. So this interview is with a Buns admin named Jamin, who also happens to be indigenous, a term that uh, I actually learned while doing this interview. If you've ever had any questions about the culture, you know, why certain items like headdresses people get up in arms about when they've been traded on Buns, I'd listen up closely because... There's a lot of stuff going into this that I didn't know, basically all of it. And uh, I found the conversation very enlightening. So I hope that you do as well. Here's Jamin. Alright, so... Before we get started, uh, I don't really know anything about any of this stuff. I'm kind of clueless. Uh, so what's the preferred term? Is it like uh, native or I know it's I know it's not Indian. So, you know, how like what is, you know, well, I'll briefly just explain that there's four main terms that people know of, and that's First Nations, Aboriginal, uh, Native and uh did I say First Nations already? Yeah. Okay. First Nations, Aboriginal, Indigenous, and... Native? Native. So Aboriginal, people think is okay. It's not that great of a term because it, it lost its meaning somewhere a couple hundred years ago. It used to mean not normal, kind of, or sorry, not original, kind of like abnormal is not normal. Aboriginal means not original. Right. So long outdated term. Uh, in fact, there was a meeting, a council meeting of Anishinaabe people and chiefs here in Ontario that outlawed the term very, okay. very recently. Um, First Nations is just kind of a generalization of the indigenous, non-Métis, uh, non-Inuit peoples here in Canada. 
the most accepted one though is indigenous. That's the most respectful term. Obviously, like you said, you know, it's not Indian. That's an old outdated term that only has a legal context to those who are status Indians or status indigenous people today. But in terms of what we would like, and we don't necessarily expect this from everyone, but the most respectful thing is to address people by their, uh, their actual tribe or their, their actual background. So here in Ontario, there's a lot of Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee people, better known as Ojibwe people and Mohawk, etc. Okay. Personally, I'm Cree, so I like being referred to as Cree, or as the Cree call ourselves, Nehio. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, I, I could understand wanting to address or be addressed by the, you know, the proper name of, of uh, or whatever background you'd be, but if I didn't know, I wouldn't be able to tell just by looking at somebody or speaking to them or seeing them without asking them directly what the name would be. So I'm just kind of like a general term, I guess, indigenous is probably pretty safe. Okay, so before we get into the conversation, I just want to say that from my perspective, uh, this whole episode, uh, this interview is just going to be an indigenous person speaking to me and me, the idiot, speaking back. But I don't. I want to make it clear that I don't think either of us are really speaking for anyone as a whole. You feel free to disagree. You can email podcast at buns.com if, if you have your own opinion, but I just, I, I don't want to make it, make it seem like I'm speaking for anyone other than myself. I, I would like to make that same clarification. We, uh, we are, are very different nations, like not, not even someone who's grown up on, let's say Moose Factory Reserve close to where I grew up sure. can speak for all Cree people, for all Omishkegwak people up there. And I don't, I definitely don't pretend to speak for, for everyone. My, my background is Métis, Métis and Cree. Right. And I'm confident in saying a number of things, and I know a lot of people agree, but I, I definitely don't speak for everyone. But at least I think that uh, you can provide some insight into what we're about to talk about. So uh, for anyone who's not familiar, a little while ago on Bun, somebody posted a, I don't know, headdress, Native American headdress, indigenous headdress. I'm, I'm not yeah. even sure what the right term for that is. But, and it kind of sparked a conversation. Now, Again, I'm a moron, so I'm just going to play my part as the moron. And then we're going to have this conversation as far as um, not so much specifically the posting of the headdress, but cultural appropriation in general. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm just going to ask you a few questions because I would like to know myself. So, uh, well, let's start with when you saw that on, on the group, you know, what was your first impression? Well, obviously from a cultural background, you find it rather disgusting, but you coming from my perspective, I try and give people the benefit of the doubt and think maybe they're not educated on it. In this particular incidence or instance, it was pretty blatant and there was a lack of any sort of desire to know where this comes from or the background of it or why it was culturally misappropriative. Okay. So let, let's start there. What, what about posting something like that is is uh, culturally insensitive well as you know there's many things in indigenous culture that uh, you see from day to day like dream catchers moccasins mukluks sure those are things that like with with uh, dream catchers i can't speak entirely to that because it's an ojibwe and Anishinaabe thing specifically right but mostly we're, we're very happy to share our culture but headdresses are a very very specific issue because it is an earned uh item we call it in the culture it is a uh, a protected or a prohibited thing like not any indigenous person can wear a headdress uh, in cree they have a saying that's translated to every feather earned 
every single feather on that on that headdress represents an act of bravery or, an, or some sort of act within the community sure so i've known of people who've been passed down headdresses from their their fathers and they don't even feel comfortable wearing it that's it's kind of like say you go to school for 10 12 years to become a doctor you achieve that certificate right that's something you've worked towards you've earned and then someone else is like oh i'm gonna trade my doctorate right right uh, i'll trade my doctorate for for four tall cans okay so uh let's take trading out of the equation i just want to speak a little bit more generally but is it okay to as a non-indigenous person to own one of these things if you understand the cultural significance let's just say okay Let's use a hypothetical here. What if I was a professor uh, of Indigenous studies, right? And would it be okay for me to own one of these things if I understood everything behind it and, you know, it was given to me or whatever? I didn't just buy it from a gift shop. Is that... I mean, I understand that it's not... Like, people running around Coachella wearing headdresses and stuff. Like, I, that for sure I understand. Okay, I understand that's culturally insensitive. But, like, is it okay to... for From your perspective, is it okay for somebody to own one of these things? Only, uh, according to my understanding, yeah, the way I've yeah. grown up understanding this, sure. there, there would only be one instance in which that would be acceptable. And is that if that is gifted to you as some sort of like an honorary degree, okay. if that is gifted to you by someone in the indigenous community. For example, there's that famous picture on the internet of Stephen Harper wearing a headdress. Probably the person least deserving of owning <laughs> right. or being seen in a headdress ever, but he was gifted that. Yeah for whatever he did for that community. Sure. So it is appropriate or it is allowed for him to own that. Yeah, yeah. Again, we're just I'm just going to deal with hypotheticals for now. What if I was, you know, somebody in my family was gifted one of these things and a few generations later I have it. What's the appropriate thing to do if I can't keep it anymore? Do I do I donate it somewhere? Like what's the what would what would be the situation there? Well, I I, I think that the situation there would be to do what you would do in any sort of a situation as an ally and contact the community. Okay. I can only speak in general senses. I mean, uh, full disclosure, I'm half Japanese, half Jewish, and I can kind of understand some of those cultural aspects, but anything outside of that, I'm pretty much, I, would, I don't want to say oblivious to, but like, I just, I don't know, you know? So when I look at things like uh, certain forms of cultural appropriation i can understand being totally insensitive you know the sports teams logos for example there's a lot of talk about a lot of different sports teams cleveland indians and etc uh and kansas city chiefs and, and all that stuff that it's you know almost a character of a culture so i can i can understand people being upset about that and if i gather what you're saying it's okay for non-indigenous people to to own certain things like moccasins, like um, other forms of cultural wear, just the headdress specifically is a particularly touchy subject. Yeah, that that is the only completely restricted thing. And it is absolutely fine to own other things like moccasins, mm -hmm. uh, turquoise stones or something sure. very uh, like powerful in medicine and uh, protection in our culture and whatnot. But, but the key here, specifically speaking to indigenous appropriation, because everything as soon as you borrow anything from another culture it's appropriation and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that it's cultural misappropriation that's uh the, i think the issue we're dealing with here right right uh, but the thing with like moxins why not is our culture has been forcibly taken from us for so long yeah that it would be disrespectful now when we're starting to get back on our feet and being able to produce these things to then source those items from non-indigenous peoples because there's been this culture of take, take, take for so long right. that if you are then sourcing it from a, a non-indigenous person, 
that's not going back to the community. We've already lost so much. And, and I would say it's any non-Indigenous person's obligation to a certain extent living on this land to try and give back a little bit. Okay. I can definitely... I can definitely understand that. And I think the line for me, at least, is becoming a little bit clearer because I coming into this conversation, I was afraid that you might say that, you know, all of that stuff is kind of past the line. And, and my question would have been something along the lines of to survive as a culture. I think that um, you need to be accepted by outside cultures or well, not even accepted, but like just become part of the common sort of vernacular of, of other cultures. And I think that some cultural items help do that. You know, people see things around and maybe they don't fully understand them, but at least it makes them more comfortable with with all of it as a whole. And it's easier for them to have that conversation once it's more exposed. Mm -hmm. And I think that having some of these items around is probably helpful for people like me to be able to enter into the conversation about these sorts of things. And I think that even posting them on buns, regardless of whether or not that trade should ever happen. It got deleted. Yeah, yeah. But we've 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 had this conversation. You know, it, it yeah. spurs something. And I, I, I'm not saying that everyone should just rush on a buns and post their prohibited items. But I think that it's important to have those conversation, I th conversations. And I think that buns is a safe place for the most part, to do that. Well, coming from a Buns perspective, now bringing this back to this subject, right? Obviously, that's what we're trying to create. Like uh, us on the on the admin team and the originals, Dave, Emily, uh, Eli, and Liz. We were trying to create this safe space. Yeah. And there, there's so many Indigenous people that you don't even see because a lot of us, as you can tell, I I don't have very dark skin. I mean, I have basically no hair yeah. so i mean there's that I, but i wouldn't there's guess. so many indigenous people on there and it's it's a really hurtful thing when you see things that are so ancient and sacred in our culture just being traded around for tall cans yeah i i totally agree and i think that part of what's important to keep in mind especially on buns because people for the most part are open-minded is that when certain things come up like this there are some people that are just you know blasting them with anger or and it's okay to be angry but i think that if you approach somebody who's doing something like this who may not even know better with uh immediate anger they're just going to shut down and not listen to what you have to say and get defensive i think it's kind of important if you feel that something on buns is insensitive to kind of state your case in a more rational manner and of course that can be hard to do but as soon as you uh yell at somebody and say why they're wrong without without kind of engaging in a conversation, I think that they won't listen. And I think that buns especially is a good place for people to to discuss these things. And I think most people are open to conversation if you approach them the right way. And I I mean I think that for the most part this was handled pretty well. There wasn't so many people going nuts, maybe in the admin group, but not everyone can see that. But for the most part I think that uh, as long as we're we're able to have rational discourse with one another, these things will, will kind of get sorted out. Well, let me just say one thing to that. Rational discourse is something that we all want to have, but there, there are two sides to that. And there's the whole background of emotional labor and responsibility that comes into educating oneself about culture. Right. So if I'm going to a foreign country and I don't know everything and something's brought to my attention, that's a different matter from like growing up 
on this land in this area a lot of these territories as well are unceded lands like i grew up near james bay which is treaty nine territory we signed a, although a very one-sided treaty yeah we signed a treaty okay a lot of the lands like the the oka crisis you know oka near montreal in, in quebec in the 90s like those were unceded grounds so there is a very palpable and understandable anger when these things occur because people should be a little bit better educated so yes we need to approach it from an educational standpoint where we want people to understand where we're coming from and move forward right because that's that's literally been the goal for 500 years yeah yeah when Europeans first came over, they met the Cree people and they were a very peaceful people. They welcomed them with open arms. We gave them gifts with uh, embroidery, with parallel lines, which signified uh, a mutually beneficial relationship. And this is obviously ended up very different now. Mm -hmm. So yes, absolutely. We need to approach it from a more uh, reasonable perspective and try and educate people. But the anger as well cannot be cast aside and... Uh, dismissed oh. because because it, it is a very real thing. It, there's been so much hurt for so long. And if I went into all the reasons that have led to this hurt, that would take another two podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to get into it all, but yeah, yeah. never discount the people who are angry because oh. I've, I've seen it on buns. There's yeah. wonderful, wonderful indigenous women and men on there who have gotten very upset about things. And I feel it 100% and they're not wrong, but we also do try and educate. And when anyone comes to us and says, Hey, you know what, I've, I've learned about this, but I don't quite get this, or I don't understand it, Yeah, we will explain. But it's when someone blatantly does something, and then when you approach them, because as you've been privy to, and probably some of the admin chats and whatnot, right. oftentimes you think everyone is going to be reasonable, and you'll message someone the very nicest message and be like, hey, you know, what about this? Mm -hmm. Like, we find this a little bit insensitive, could you do this? And they're just blatantly, no, why, why, why? That's when the anger is yeah. prevalent, because it is not... A marginalized community not just indigenous people but anyone it is not the responsibility to educate that being said we're always happy to educate yeah I, I i totally agree uh with everything you just said i will say that from from my perspective i wasn't until i really uh until i got i and i've grown up in uh toronto my whole life but it wasn't until really i got to university that i i knew where to go to get some bit of education on uh, some of these topics. I mean, it wasn't even offered to me really in, in high school or, or grade school or anything along those lines. So uh, I do, I do agree that education is, is a big part of it. And I think that uh, anger sometimes can manifest itself personally, like with specific trades, but I, I think that it's important that we need to figure out a way to, to fix this, this thing as a whole, because the fact that somebody posted these headdresses or a headdress on buns, the fact that I didn't even know that it was a protected item is, I mean, you can, you can lay some blame with an individual, but I think there's a, a bigger sort of systemic issue at play there. Yeah, for sure. There definitely is. And I, to be clear, this is not the first time someone's tried to trade a headdress on buns. See, well, it's the first time I'm, I'm new, yeah. somewhat new to this whole thing. So I, I, I don't really know. I've, I've only been an admin on, on buns for about a month, okay. but I've been on it for since last year. And it's not the first time we've had so many indigenous related conversations. It's been very interesting. A lot of it, very educational. Some of it went nowhere, but do you find that most people, uh, once you kind of approach them about all of this, they kind of are receptive a lot of the time, Okay, but I not mean, always. Yeah. You can't get everybody, but for the most part, they're, 
kind of open to hear what you have to say? Yeah, uh, more relating to other issues besides Indigenous issues, I've uh, I've had my inbox flooded with thank yous many, many times. And then there's the times you can't go to bed at night because there's just so much shit going on that you have to deal with. Right. Like very recently, I went to a, to a show with uh, Eli the other night and we're standing at this, at this Wolf Parade show, which is fantastic. And then boom, our phones start blowing up and cultural appropriation, this cultural appropriation, that, and like, how do you deal with it? And thankfully there's incredible members of the indigenous community mm-hmm. on buns, yeah. not on the Amin team that manage to handle things perfectly. And you just sometimes as time consuming as it can be, sometimes you're able to sit back and be like, wow, didn't need to do anything. These people are just beautiful, wonderful people. Do you feel that in certain, in some of these instances, people walk away from it being enlightened or like more educated than they were when they, when they started, you know, the people that perhaps are doing wrong without knowing, like you, do you, do you find that sometimes when you're done with them, that they've they've learned a lesson. I I do, but I feel like those people are almost exclusively the people that have already approached the subject from a I want to learn type of point of view. Because so many people, once you point something out as respectful as you are, sometimes they just as soon as they like realize they're in the wrong or don't realize it, they're just apprehensive and they don't they don't want anything to do with you. Do you think that some of that's out of embarrassment maybe? I think so. I mean that's a whole other issue. There could be so many factors that go into that. Right. But I, I, I would actually, I would probably not say embarrassment. I think it's just obstinance, lack of any interest in educating themselves about issues in I, general. I think pride comes into play too, because a lot of people have a hard time admitting that they've done wrong or at least want to kind of shift blame elsewhere or even just admit ignorance on, on uh, certain subjects. You know, like for example... I didn't know any of this coming into it. If somebody wanted to trade me a headdress, I might, I might say, Hey, you know, I, I enjoy, well, I shouldn't say enjoy, but like I have a lot of respect for uh, indigenous culture in that. Like I like, let me just stop you right there and say, don't, don't, not say enjoy because there's nothing wrong with enjoying indigenous culture. We, we would really appreciate if you enjoyed it. Well, no, no, I do. I, I was going to say I enjoy like certain cultural items, but it's just the the whole idea of it, of, of all the history and more getting back to nature aspect of it is really sort of uh, appealing to me. Now, mind you, I grew up on movies like Dances with Wolves. Not that that, I don't know how you feel about that movie, but, and so it's, that sort of thing that would kind of lead me to be like, hey, maybe I do want a headdress, but I didn't know that beforehand, right? But I feel like there's probably a lot of people out there in that same in that same boat. So, I mean, I just mentioned Dances with Wolves. My dad's Japanese. One of his favorite movies was The Last Samurai starring Tom Cruise. And that's kind of one of those things that people point to as being cultural appropriation. But most of the Japanese people that I know were, they love that movie. So, I mean... Most white people I know don't even like that movie. Right, which is interesting. But I wonder where where's the line I, there? I'm, I'm a huge Kurosawa fan. I mean, okay, yeah, all yeah. of all of the older ones are fantastic. The the Tom Cruise one, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm just curious. Is it okay sometimes to be misrepresented in film if it's entertaining? I I actually I, I don't really know how to speak to that to that particular issue. Well, how do you feel about it? Forget about forget about uh, speaking to it as you know from a cultural standpoint. What what do you think when you when you see? I, I enjoy seeing indigenous representation in film, but I pretty much only enjoy seeing it when it's done properly. Like I, I recently saw or finally finished watching The Revenant and I haven't read everything to do with that film, but from what I have gathered, there was a lot of consultation with indigenous people. They hired indigenous actors 
where it becomes less enjoyable from every standpoint is when you get into the whole current topic of the whitewashing of Hollywood. You know, right, when yeah. they're portraying, you know, a film of cowboys and Indians, but they're casting the Indians with white people. Yeah. That's where it's like, okay, so you're trying to portray my culture, but just through your own lens, so to speak. Yeah. Do you find that it's gotten better over time? I think it's getting better. I mean, I think Hollywood has a long way to go, but uh, the emergence of so much independent film uh, has been making it better. You mentioned The Revenant. Did you, uh, did you enjoy that film? And you thought it was pretty... The the aspect I, I enjoyed from it, because as a Métis person, speaking more from my Métis side than, than my actual Indigenous Cree side, mm-hmm. Métis, there, there's this uh, theory of duality where we feel very split between our kind of our, our settler background and our Indigenous background. And seeing that, that, that film was a little bit satisfying in the way that Leonardo DiCaprio's character was a colonist. And he had such a relationship with the indigenous peoples and he, you know, he saved them for the, and this, this is reflective of my, my French background where like the French came to Canada and although they committed atrocities, almost as bad as the British, right. a lot of them just intermingled and started families, started fur trading and just became a part of the land. So I think that kind of represented that sort of an attitude, whereas a lot of films in the past are very thematic in, in the cowboy versus Indian type type right theme right yeah 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 well okay so let's shift gears for a second then um and g- get on to something a little bit lighter and uh a little bit less racial your buns admin experience let's talk about that for a bit how do how do you feel being a buns admin i mean i'm now an admin on a few of the groups just so i can monitor what's going on and it is absolutely destroying my inbox like <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy and a few days ago, someone, you know, gave me a mention on a topic and was like, hey, can you shut this down? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I, like, I'm not I'm not really an admin. So like, I didn't really know what to do. How's your experience as a bun admin been? It's, it's been very interesting. It's it's very wavy. Uh, as you see, your inbox is completely blows up. I've never in my life been so concerned for the battery life of my phone before. If I see it getting to like 20%, I'm like, I got to go plug this in for 10 to 15 minutes. Like, just so it just doesn't die and I can deal with something in yeah. 20 minutes. Um, when I, when I first started, it was before we, like, we hadn't let anyone in for, I don't know, two, three months. So there was a queue of about 8,000 people and, uh, we let them on all at once and they were like, get ready for the shit storm. This is about to go down. And then it was two days of absolute quiet. And we're like, okay, they warned us about how emotional this would be and how hard this could be at times. And it was, it was nothing, but then, then it came, it comes in waves. You get things that are very... Uh, emotional deal with because you don't want to be calling people out you don't want to be making them feel bad but you're trying to fix things and make it safe for everyone so i mean there's definitely been times where like you go to bed and you're you're just completely emotionally exhausted and you're in bed and you're still dealing with it (laughs) right right it it, and i feel like at times it must feel like a thankless job like you you must get people direct messaging you being like hey what the fuck man you know like if you shut down their thread or whatever and they feel like they're in the right and you know, you just kind of got to do your admin thing or like you sometimes have to dole out lessons, I would guess. Like how, how do you, you know, how do you stay sane? Uh, well, I have a, I have a very hands-on approach with people. I, I don't like sitting in the shadow. So unless something is so blatantly wrong or just this very silly troll post, right? I, I will message them like a hundred percent of the time. So I'll be like, 
oh, hey, uh, I've deleted your post because of this. And usually I'll, I'll even like copy it and send it to them if it's appropriate for another group and be like, hey, I didn't want you to lose it. So here it is. And please post it in this group. Right. And most people are pretty thankful about that. A lot of it is, is literally just moving things from zone to zone because we have about 150 zones now. There's wh- something that comes which for everyone. Which do you admin? I just admin trading zone. Okay. But I'm consulted a lot on, on issues in helping zone and whatnot because that's where a lot of the conversations translate to from trading zone. So like the the headdress thing went to helping zone. Okay. And also I think it went to anger inventing zone right. <laughs> from some people within my community. Yeah, so yeah. sometimes I, I just participate in those conversations as a, as a contributor. Okay. Not that I want to get back to heavy stuff, but you did mention before that certain times people post things that are insensitive and uh, people you know post on anger inventing zone or they just feel like they are not heard not that this is like a major outlet or anything but i would strongly suggest that if anyone has uh, anything like that to say call the the troll phone 647 zen troll i don't know the numbers off by heart right now but call and leave a voicemail and i will play it on the show i mean if it's if it's inflammatory i may edit it a little but z-e-n-t-r-o-l yeah i will play it on the show because i think that it's important especially you know a lot of the messages that i get right now are fun kind of funny but i I think it's especially important that if somebody feels marginalized or feels upset uh, that they are also heard as long as it again is not too you know i i would love to emphasize to the community too that there's so much going on behind the scenes like there was a lot of work very little of which i did but there's a lot of work that went into the current guidelines that are posted on every buns group which a lot of people don't know about go to the file section read it yeah and we're constantly tweaking that we're working on a few additions right now uh for example something that is definitely coming that has been confirmed is headdresses are now banned from being traded on buns you heard it here first you yeah, yeah, it pretty much is here first. I've mentioned to a couple of people in the Indigenous community already who are very happy to hear it. Yeah. And I'm hoping more people are happy. And the thing is, we're not going out and just trying to restrict everything that, that someone is sensitive about. But right. this is something I feel very passionately about. And if, if other people feel about, very passionately about other things, too, contact us and, and talk to us about it because we're trying to make this as safe as possible. Yeah. I think that there's a fear that some people have, and I'll be honest, myself included, that being too sensitive can lead to restrictive conversation or hurt free speech. But I, I do think that there are certain things like you're saying, okay, no headdresses, but it's not a blanket statement. You, you know, not to talk about. Yeah. It. Let's not talk about it. Like if you feel like, uh, you have a good sort of argument for posting a headdress on buns, I can't imagine what that would be. But if you did, uh, you're saying, you know, contact you and, and let's have that discussion. Right. Yeah. So I think that sensitivity is is important, but as long as people are willing to talk about things that make them feel uncomfortable and get it out there. There's so many fringe issues and like we we can't shut everything down. For example, it's like, obviously we've deleted uh, posts in the past where people were seeking like Nazi symbols and memorabilia from that sort of thing. But then like, what if we miss that it's, you know, reverse and it's like a Buddhist symbol? What if it's, you know, for a play? What if, you know... That's the, the sort of instances where maybe we're going to consider it not appropriate for buns, regardless of your intent, but talk to us, like just message us and be like, Hey, I wanted to post this or I need this kind of thing, but I think it might be a little bit weird or insensitive. Get our opinion on it yeah. because we as well, we're not like unilateral decision makers when there's issues that come up as there often are that none of us in the group really feel like we completely speak to. We consult, we consult with people who we feel are qualified right. to try and reach these decisions. I know a lot of people like 
they're like, oh, the admins are power tripping. And I can definitely say there's not one member of this admin well, group that power trips. It's hilarious to me because I mean, I don't know all the admins that well, although I understand that uh, there's a little admin meetup happening pretty soon. So hopefully I will know them a little bit better. But it's hilarious to me that people are sometimes accuse the admins of being insensitive or racist or just buns in general of being racist. It's like, it's crazy because I know the people in the office, there are, first of all, there are not that many white people, but it's not like, there are so many different cultures, so many different races, it's so awesome. many different sexes working at buns, trying to, uh, trying to get these things straight. It's amazing. Yeah. And we, we literally, we work on all of these issues as, as a team. The, the team is communicated to me many times that like every time there's an indigenous issue, we don't want to like have to go to Jamie and be like, you deal with this. Yeah. Same as we don't want trans people to deal with all the trans people issues and gay people with the gay people issue. Like we, we literally talk about this and we've never not come to a consensus very quickly on things. And I think that sometimes some of the posts can be a little bit uh, abrasive at times. Like people can post abrasive things. But I think that if you approach any any of the admins and want to have an actual conversation and not just with, with anger or some sort of uh, misintent, that almost all of them will be willing to talk to you. Mm, absolutely. Well, I should say all of them will be willing to talk to you. I don't, I don't know any of them that I've talked to thus far that wouldn't be willing to have a, a proper conversation. Now, of course... All the admins are also human beings, and you can probably speak to this more than me. Each admin probably has their own sensitivity, so you have to keep that in mind, too. You're not just dealing with a, a faceless buns corporation. These are just people trying to make this training zone a safe space. You, I'll say something. Okay, so first of all, uh, one, of, one of the buns once, because we, we deleted some stuff really quickly one day, which was, which was awesome, actually, because it was really crap. They called us, they said, wow, the admins here are swift and merciless. We've taken that up as our mantra. We're like, we are swift and merciless. <laughs> and my fellow admins are going to really love hearing that one. Do you find that there is ever sort of uh, internal debate with the admins as far as whether or not something should be taken down? Like, do you think that it's not, I can't imagine that it's always uh, unilateral every time. There must be some sort of... Well, let, let me just say that uh, from, from my perspective coming onto this team, I was one of the, the, the late additions. Uh, I've never had this level of injection of positivity into my life from a group of people. Everyone has a very unique perspective. Everyone will even kind of try and see the other side. But I, I can say pretty much everything has been unilateral. Like, because even we talk it out and by the end of the conversation, the people that were like trying to see the other side, they're like, you know what? They're like, I, you know, I still see my side, but I'm with you guys. Like 100%. There's never been any admin that's been like, okay, this is your call. It's on you guys. Never, ever. Like it is 100%. If this is the decision we're going with, everyone is behind it. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. I think that we should do maybe an admin episode of the podcast at some point as well. And Can we involve alcohol? Because it'll, be it'll be the best podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And I... You know what? Here's what we're going to do. I am going to do an admin episode of the podcast and I'll figure out how to do that later. But you guys email me your questions, podcast at buns.com. If you have any questions for any of the admins, uh, send them to me. I will figure out that episode, even if we have to do it in multiple parts and have multiple people in and et cetera. We will get your questions answered uh, so you can kind of see behind the admin curtain because uh, it's pretty interesting. It's a silly and fun and wonderful place. All right. Well, so just quickly wrapping it up, other than headdresses, is there anything 
else that you wouldn't want people to post on buns? There's nothing that I can speak to with authority. Um, I think that, that there are issues, for example, from a non-Indigenous uh, perspective, you've no doubt heard the legends of the dreadlocks conversations. Yes. And this is, this is a big thing because a lot, what a lot of people don't understand about cultural appropriation and misappropriation is that it is very location-based. What might be appropriate of here might not be on another continent. Okay. So we can't speak to everything, but we're trying our best to speak to things from a local perspective, not right. a worldwide perspective, but a Buns Toronto is what we're like working on as an admin team here. Yeah. Uh, things like Dreamcatchers, like I said, they've kind of become adopted across North America by all indigenous peoples, south of the border, Native Americans, as they call themselves, right. as a sort of symbol of solidarity. So just buying them like willy nilly, because like, oh, I think it looks cool, is maybe not the best way to go about it, but there's from my perspective, what I've learned, there's not necessarily something wrong with owning it. But the thing is, there's there's legends and stories and meanings behind all of our items, behind all of the beadwork, behind the symbols. There's teachings. And all we want people to do is really just take enough to learn a bit. So go to go to an indigenous fair, go to a powwow. Right. Everyone's welcome at powwows. We want people to learn about our history and source things from indigenous artisans and ask them to tell you what it's about. Like, what is the original meaning of this? That is the best way to own anything and enjoy the indigenous aesthetic and culture. Absolutely. So what you're saying is if you want to go through the effort of owning one of these items, maybe just take a little bit more effort in and get this the story behind it. Yeah. So for example, myself recently... I went on Etsy and I did an extensive search and like kind of behind the scenes to specifically source uh, some items from the Omashkego Cree where I'm from okay. in Northern Ontario. It's because I'm more than happy supporting any Indigenous artist, but I'm like, I really just want to support some people from where I grew up, right. like my specific area of the world. And so that, that that's me. That That's how I show appreciation for my culture. And I think from a Canada perspective, just trying to source it from any sort of local indigenous people. Here, we're, we're on Mohawk ground here. We're close to Ojibwe ground, we're near the Algonquins. There's there's so much to learn and there's so much cool stuff about it. And like you said, it, it wasn't always taught in school and that's getting better. Yeah. So just just read some things and go to a powwow. Just try and learn some things. We're like, we want, we want you around. There's this misconception that the Indians just want the white man off their land. And that's that's such an old, outdated point of view. No, right. one, no one thinks that. We're all moving past the blame game and we're like accepting everyone with open arms and we hope that it's vice versa. Great. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, you wanted to say before we, we shut this down? Is my man bun culturally appropriate to Japanese people? I don't know. I do it to keep it out of my hair. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> so full disclosure, I out have... Out of my eyes, sorry. Not out of my hair. I have one too. And, um, the first thing people would say to me when I first, when I first started doing it was, oh, you look like a samurai or sumo wrestler or something. And I don't, I'm not the best person to ask because I don't get insensitive about anything. Um, I'm maybe a little too insensitive in general, but I think that like, I don't, I don't see a problem with it. I mean, it would be a little bit different if people were dressing up in, in kimonos and, you know, mm -hmm. doing all, all sorts of stuff. And there's a specific hairstyle that I think would be weird um, on a white person. But I would also say that if you could pull it off, like, go for it. It's all about consultation with the community, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think that if it's if it's a, from a place of adoration, this, this is my perspective, again, just mine. I, if it's a from a place of adoration, like, I say go for it. You know, it's not like you're making a mockery of it. It'd be, it'd be a little bit different if it was, like, for a joke or mm -hmm. 
Uh, Halloween costume, for example, the huge issues. People dressing up as other cultures, as Indians, as Japanese people. That's something else. Uh, okay, we can get into that conversation at, at a different time, I think, because, look, from my perspective, if you want to dress up like a ninja on Halloween, all, all the power to you. But anyway, my point is, if it's from a, a place of appre- uh, appreciation, I don't mind. And by the way, I'm just going to apologize. We're recording this uh, in my lair, and I've got a bunch of animals running around. You probably heard some barking earlier. Um, okay, well, I really appreciate you sitting down and talking to me. I feel like I learned a few things, and I hope that the people who, who listen to this uh, learned a few things. And I'm sure we'll do it again. And like I said, if you guys have any questions, send them to podcast at buns.com, and I will pass them along to... I mean, if it's if it's indigenous related, I'll pass them along to you, or you can give me some contact information that I can pass along to to these people. Hey, uh, I'm not the authority. When people ask me those questions, I often consult with members of the Buns community who are involved as well. R- right. Yeah. For yeah. the record, absolutely, and and I'm sure that we can find some resources if people want to learn more websites and whatever. And if you give me some, I'll post it up in the show notes. Uh, the last thing that, well, the last two things that I uh, ask everyone when they do this podcast is, what was your last trade? Okay, I feel like I know what your next question is going to be, and these two answers are going to be really similar. My last trade was the one that you played on the first podcast, where I hijacked my friend's trade. Yes. And arbitrarily traded his items for vegan cheesecake, because I know how expensive those are and how delicious they are. Yeah. And uh, I won him over with it, too. He thought it was the best thing. So that, that was my last trade. I traded away my friend's foam rollouts he put under sleeping bags right. for vegan cheesecake. Amazing. Okay, and uh, what are you looking for? More vegan cheesecake. ISO <laughs> vegan cheesecake. You heard that here. I guess you're a vegan. No, I'm not. It's just better. Oh. it's just great cheesecake. Well, now I mean, there's no cheese in it, right? But it's it's just it's na- the best na- dessert. Now I have to try some. I've never had vegan cheesecake. So ISO vegan cheesecake for the both of us. All right, thanks, man. Thank you, miigwech. Music this week is provided by a Buns band by the name of The Holy Grasp. With their strange hybrid of beatnik jazz and punk rock and roll, Toronto's The Holy Grasp make music for fans of theatrical, darkly comical, genre-defying entertainment. And they make it all sound like a bunch of hopped-up junkies singing Surfin' Bird with a bad case of the shits. Or so they say. Anyway, listen up. This song is called The Last Generation of Love. Those are the people looting children and others. Those are the fingers that fall from the dead. Those are the people who hear what is said and ignore in order to ensure the wealthy of power. These are the people who are fighting now.